Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women in Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel, and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally within the manufacturing sectors, and I'm your host for today's show. So today we have joining us Rachel Lauer. Rachel is the president of Cornerstone Advisors in Allentown, PA. Cornerstone is an advisory group that helps companies develop their human capital, accelerate their businesses, and implement strategies to protect and eventually transfer wealth in a way that mitigates the tax consequences. Rachel holds both the CLU and CHFC designations, as well as licenses in Life, Health, FINRA 6 and 63. In 2016, she was awarded the Lehigh Valley Business 40 Under 40 Award, being recognized for her commitment to business growth and professional excellence. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for asking me to join. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I really think that my listening audience is going to love this. As you know, I've been selling manufacturing businesses for 26 years. There's one thing I can tell you with all certainty is that people don't properly plan. So I'm very sure my audience is going to want to hear what you have to say. So introduce us to Cornerstone Advisors and help us understand what exactly you do. Absolutely. Cornerstone Advisors was formed in 1983. So like you, Fran, we've been doing this for quite a while. And what we have is a passion to help privately held businesses endure. Because what we have found is that business owners spend the majority of their time working on their businesses and often not enough time spent on planning for the next step and identifying and developing the next set of leaders that are going to propel their business forward. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit. So, you know, I think everybody understands that there's certain things that you could do when you are transferring the ownership of a company to mitigate tax consequence. And we'll get into that more later. But to start, I'd love for you to speak into services that your company provides, you talk about like developing the people. How exactly, what types of services are you offering to be able to accomplish that or a strategic plan to accelerate someone's business? You know, what we have found, and as you've mentioned, it is there's just often not enough time planning for that next step. And mm-hmm. so where we find a good place is and you've mentioned it, is migration of risk. Because when you're trying to maximize the value of your business, decreasing risk risk is important. And so what we start with is taking a look where an organization currently stands. And we'll quarterback this process for the client and helping them to identify what are the company's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Where is the industry headed? Who are the key employees and what are their goals? And we start helping the client to effectively integrate business acceleration, human capital development, and wealth planning and transfer. So oftentimes in the human capital space, 
it is working on executive coaching and development. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the very interesting, so you're often doing a complete SWOT analysis on your clients and talking them through and developing plans for dealing with what their danger spots are. Absolutely. You know, talking to a client and oftentimes what we'll do is we'll have evaluation completed and we'll recommend that they work with evaluation specialist in order to identify a migration plan. And you'll find that, you know, if you're in a, a regulated industry or what's the leadership depth, is there, you know, what's the consumption projection in the United States? And being able to take a look at your own business through evaluation will help you to maximize your value going forward. And oftentimes, just because we work with a lot of family held businesses, and what we say is that has its own set of challenges. You know, oftentimes when we get involved in a family business, they assume that their family is capable and wants to run their business. And that may not be true. And they don't know how to handle that difficult conversation. So we quarterback that process and help them identifying what are their exit strategies? You know, what is selling to an investor look like? Selling to employees, transferring to the family and help them model that so that they can see their options more clearly. Mm. Very good. Very good. So yeah, I see in my industry, so selling manufacturing companies, oftentimes there is a second generation that's working in the business, but dad is ready to retire and he needs a liquidity event that junior doesn't have the capability to give him. So In a situation like that, what types of things, what types of tools do you use to solve for something like that? Well, a lot of times what we'll do is it's unique to the client and to what their goals are. And as you've mentioned, if it's the next generation, what does uh, that next generation buyout look like? And is there, can you combine different modeling techniques? Is there a seller note? Is there a consulting agreement? Can you sell a piece of it to a private equity? You know, we'll model each of those different types of techniques for the client and so that they can have a clearer picture of what their options are. You know, one aspect that we use a lot of is trusts. Right now, for example, the federal estate tax exemption is $11.58 million per individual. And so that's a high exemption amount when you look at the history of that. And so what we're looking at and what we've always looked at is utilizing trust and being able to create a trust as a shifting tool for the business owner. So you're talking about, you know, generation one to generation two, and how do you remove or at least freeze the value of that asset? And one of the tools that you can utilize to still provide some income to the generation one is selling part of the stock to an intentionally defective and revocable trust. So it's a way to create compensation coming back to the generation one while removing assets and freezing assets in the trust. Mm. So for a listening audience that would say, speak English to me, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So talking, you know, not everybody is familiar with trusts and so forth. So explain to us how a trust 
can help in the transference of wealth or an entity from one generation to another with mitigating the tax consequence? So first of all, there's a ton of different types of trusts. That's, you know, so working with the one thing that I'll say, and I mentioned it before is when we get involved in a client situation, it's a team approach. So you're working with the accountant and the attorney and the M&A broker and the valuation specialist. And it is the synergy of all of those parties together that I find creates a better result for the client. But a trust, the type of trust that we typically work with are designed to be out of the estate. So when you're, as I mentioned, you can right now pass federal estate tax free 11.58 million per individual. But that is, um, there's a lot of talk about that decreasing in the future. Mm -hmm. And so what we've helped clients do is create what we call, it's called an irrevocable trust. And if designed properly, assets in that trust will be out of the estate when they're calculating the estate tax cost. And so we work with the attorney to create the right type of trust and make sure it has the key provisions so that it is out of the estate. And you can use different techniques to get assets into it. The easiest is you could gift stock to that trust. And like I said, right now it's a high amount, 11.58 million. So can you use some of that exemption and gift it to that trust? Another aspect, as I've mentioned, is if you've utilized already that exemption amount, or if you're concerned that you want to save it for the future, is you could use this technique of selling to a trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea involves the sale of an asset such as a stock in a privately held business to a trust for a promissory note. And because the federal income tax and the federal estate and gift tax are not synchronized, the technique provides unique planning opportunities. And the opportunity is that you are removing property such as stock of the privately held company from the estate and then passing off future appreciation to the intended beneficiaries. So if you move stock to a trust today, and the trust now is the owner or part of that stock, of the businesses that you're working with, and then years down the line, you sell the business, the trust receives the sale proceeds for the amount of stock that they own, and now it's out of your estate. And oh, very interesting. So the future appreciation is out of the estate and it reaches its intended beneficiaries. So it's a pretty interesting wealth transfer shifting tool that we utilize. Really, really interesting. Can you speak into, so manufacturers that might want to take advantage of something like this, how far in advance, Rachel, do they have to plan to set up these trusts? I mean, of course, the answer is always going to be the sooner the better. You know, I right. love you want because what you're trying to do is make sure you have enough time to gather that, you know, to in order to have future appreciation. Now, what we have found when we're working with privately held businesses is often the strategies to grow and sell the business, you know, run parallel. As I mentioned, when you do the valuation and you're trying to figure out what you're getting dinged on. And you work on those things, whether you're going to grow or sell your company should help you to increase the value of your business. Mm. So in the longer the time period, hopefully the longer you, you know, the longer time you have to grow your business. Right. How far in advance would you recommend 
a manufacturer thinking about selling their business, how far in advance do you recommend they start planning and looking into these things? I would love it if they could give us five years. I mean, I'm sure you see the same thing, Fran, right? Yeah. It's better. But, you know, it takes time because business owners spend so much of their time running their business. So, I mean, spending time to focus on all of these different aspects, it takes time. What I think that does accelerate and help the process is if you have somebody to quarterback it and help you focus and create synergy between the advisors, you know, someone who's reaching out to that attorney, reaching out to the accountant, the investment advisor, and so that the client doesn't have to, and they could be working on the strategies to grow their business. I think that's key in helping a client to prepare for the future. I love one of the things you said earlier about we help our client navigate these difficult conversations. And I really think that that is why people wait so long. They wait until they're ready to be retired to start looking into what has to happen to successfully get there. And it's because they don't want to have these difficult conversations with family members, with, you know, with the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And with the key employees, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been with Cornerstone Advisors now for 20 years, and a lot of the clients have been in their communities for many years, and they've built relationship with their employees. And it's very common, you know, having difficult conversations isn't, I don't think it's something that anybody enjoys that I found yet, but it's extremely necessary. I mean, that's part of the passion and the mission of Cornerstone Advisors to help our clients endure. And we're not just talking about the business and the legacy of their business. We're talking about their families too. If you don't address that with your family, imagine how that can affect the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk to you about, you know, so we talked about, you know, trust and different vehicles and tools used to transfer wealth. Oftentimes when I'm selling a manufacturing company, if there is more than one shareholder, there has often been a buy-sell agreement between them with an insurance policy on their life to help fund the buyout to the party's family. Are insurance policies also a tool that you use in some of these circumstances? Absolutely. Life insurance is a unique solution that's available in the United States. And many of our clients utilize some type of life insurance portfolio. Not all of them, but many of them do. And that's the call that I get in the 12th hour is, what am I supposed to do with this life insurance now that's tied that's tied <laughs> to business? And you know what we find is that life insurance is an unmonitored financial asset in one's portfolio. People have this set it and forget it attitude. And like all financial assets for a company, this is no different. The assumptions change and the life insurance can be repurposed. So what we have found is they're using cash flow from the company via the dollar arrangement in order to pay for life insurance premiums. And now that the business is being sold, they need a subject matter expert to figure out now what, what am I supposed to do with this life insurance? And on top of it, I've got this split dollar arrangement. And, and oftentimes I think business owners just say, well, I'll just surrender it. I'll just, you know, and what they don't realize is the older we get, it's harder to obtain life insurance. 
Then you add COVID-19 on it, which has impacted uh, how life insurance carriers are under underwriting for the risk of mortality. And it's, so you want to take your time and do a thorough analysis and understand the goals and objectives of the client after the sale of the transaction to align the life insurance portfolio with the estate plan. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's important to do that. And how do you effectively and efficiently transfer the life insurance from the company out of the company? And maybe you want to use a trust again. So it's out of your estate. So there's a lot of different techniques you can use if you you know, spend the time to go through the options with someone who's familiar with explaining it to you. Sure. So you all are located in Allentown, PA. Are you restricted to only working in Pennsylvania or do you work in, talk to us about geographic range? We have had the wonderful opportunity to be in 20 states so far. Wow. And so it's been quite an opportunity and we are continuing to grow. We grow by referrals. So you don't see us advertising on television or radio or in a magazine. But what we have found is that when you work with clients who are willing to refer you to other clients, you know, that's the best way to grow. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So in looking at your website, you all have some pretty interesting and impressive clients and just a little shout out. And my favorite beer brand is one of your clients. That's outstanding. So in looking at the stories on your website, and obviously you can't give, you know, you don't want to share personal information, but going through some of these, talk to us about what your group set out to accomplish, broadly speaking, for some of these clients? You know, Yingling is an amazing client and an amazing family that we have worked with since 1989. So they are, I'm proud to say they're celebrating their 191st anniversary this year to be America's oldest brewery. And like you, they're one of my favorite beer. I love the new flight. I don't know if you've tried that and the the chocolate porter. Love both of those. But we have had the opportunity and, and to provide. And when you talk about the clients and what we've been able to provide them, there's a common theme. And the common theme is peace of mind. You know, peace of mind that they have plans in place, that the plans are up to date, and they have people to execute the plans and perpetuate their business. So in any of the clients that we're working with, that's when we when we go back and we talk about what was the value add, that's the common thread that we hear. And it goes back to the fact that they're running their businesses every day. So when they have someone to take something off their plate and help them, you know, they're willing to refer you and you have the opportunity to become a trusted advisor. The Yingling relationship is interesting in the fact that we have, they've really touched on all three areas that we focus on, the business acceleration and consulting on strategic development of the business, layering in the human capital and the next generation of executive coaching and development, as well as using wealth planning and transfer techniques such as multi-generational trusts and transferring of corporate equity. So they're unique and, you know, not all of our clients will need all three of the services, but I find that the effective integration of all three of those is really when Cornerstone Advisors really shines for our clients. 
Excellent. You said something as you're starting to talk about that particular client relationship. Did I hear you correctly that they have been a client since the 1980s? Yeah, 1989. Yes. Wow. So talk to us a little bit about that. That To me, that's fascinating because, well, first of all, the length of a relationship like this, you had to have been producing amazing results. Otherwise, they wouldn't have stuck with you all that time. <laughs> right? So that's really, that is really cool, Rachel. Can you talk to like the average length of relationship? Is that unusual for you guys or is that the norm? It's more of the norm. What we have found is we're extremely passionate about adding value and building long-term relationships. And so we spend a lot of time getting to know the client and we're not for everybody. So I think the key to it, Fran, is sometimes we say we're not for you and you would be better served going to ABC advisor or at the end of the day, we only take on a client where we think we can add value. And then we approach it with, we don't just need to add value today. We need to add value through the life of the relationship. We know these clients are getting pinged on all the time. So we have to stay a front of that and earn our spot at the table. And we do that by adding value and being proactive on the plans. If you think about it, everything changed. A plan today is only current today. You add in the economy and the industry, and then you add in the family dynamics. By tomorrow, the plan, you know, the plan may need to be modified already. So you can't just have this set it and forget it attitude. In order to remain with a client for a long period of time, you have to take a very active role in ensuring that their plans stay relevant to them. Mm -hmm. I would imagine speaking into that, the, you know, looking at the plan on a regular basis to make sure that it's relevant. I bet you guys are busier than ever with COVID and what that's done to people's businesses. It is between that and the coming election in 2020 and the talk of that exemption that I mentioned being lowered, we are so busy. People are trying to plan, and it's great because there's a lot to be done. The election's coming up, COVID-19 is still with us, and then you have the impact. As I've mentioned, a lot of our clients will use life insurance to pay future estate taxes or for chemian life insurance, buy, sell, as you mentioned. And when you're adding the unknown of how life insurance carriers are underwriting COVID-19, and if they're going to need additional life insurance due to the exemption reducing, we are absolutely uh, swamped. Yeah. But you know what? I love what I do, Fran. So it doesn't, not, this isn't work. It's, I love what I do and I love helping people and families. So it's, I enjoy it every day. I don't wake up and say, oh, today I got to go to work. I say, yeah, today I got to go to work. Who can I help today? I love it. I absolutely love it. So, Rachel, if people want to learn more about your services, reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Call me. My number is 610-437-8353. Give me a call. You can email me. It's just rlower, L-O-W-E-R, at cornerstoneadvisors.com. Any of those ways, you can find me on LinkedIn. Reach out. 
Great. This has been so incredibly informative. And when the link comes out for this, I'm seriously going to share it with a lot of my clients because they, you know, people need this information. I assume that you're going to get, and I hope you do get business from this interview within the manufacturing community. Well, I love speaking to you, Fran, and we have a lot of clients in the manufacturing business. And People just, if they want to call and have a, a brief conversation, I don't take a lot of your time. If we can't add value, we'll tell you that. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to help people and help you and your clients and your industry. That's what we've been doing since 1983. And I'm looking forward to the future. Under the heading of we have to talk about the important things in life. Mm-hmm. Can you skip back to, did you say there was a chocolate beer? <laughs> Absolutely. And if you haven't tried it, you need to try it. It's delicious. They partnered with Hershey. And no kidding. I did not know this. Oh my goodness. It is, I don't know. I love chocolate and I love beer. So how do you go wrong? You know what? I know what I'm doing on the way home from work today. <laughs> Rachel, thanks so much for being with us. We so, so very much appreciate it. Thank you so much, Fran, for having me. I hope you have a great day. I'd like to encourage our listeners to also visit www.whampodcast.com, where you can listen to all of our shows and also other manufacturing podcasts brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Thank you for joining the Wham! Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.